this computer. And here we go. Hey, it's Katherine Rayberg. Welcome back to the County My Blessings podcast. I am super excited. I've got a special guest here today that's known me exactly my entire life. Um, my older sister, Elizabeth Rage. It is a very early, cold Saturday morning in October because as sisters, we have working moms. We have very few chances to have a quiet conversation. So this was a special treat that we got this on our calendar. So welcome, Elizabeth. Yes, thank you so much. I'm really happy to get to visit with you and appreciate that we both could find some time to have this conversation today. Um, we're both with wet hair, so we both just got up and took a shower, and um, I'm sure you've got a full Saturday ahead. What do you guys have going on today? Yes, we always have things going on. We've got piano lessons, and then we have a fundraiser for our school in the afternoon today, so uh, always a full plate, but that's fine. <laughs> we are, we're headed um, to a football game this morning here in town, flag football, and then we have a Peoria baseball tournament today and tomorrow, so. Oh my goodness. my baseball <laughs> <third> on. <laughs> um, but I wanted Elizabeth to come today. She's obviously a very special person in my life, um, an amazing mentor and role model to me and how she integrates her faith, her family life and her work. Um, and I don't know if I know anybody else that has so many different balls in the air or th balancing things on her plate, whatever um, way you want to describe it. But she does it so gracefully and always with her light shining for Jesus. So I wanted you to have a chance to maybe glean a little insights from her and how she handles it and does it. And um, Elizabeth, maybe kind of just talk about all the facets of life that you guys have going on there in Lincoln. <laughs> well, thank you. And I really do appreciate you, uh, all of the words, kind words you said about the way that we balance everything that's in our life. Um, it is funny as you are saying it, and I start picturing all the different bubbles or circles that we're in. There is a lot going on, but I, I think all of them have a place for us. So I'm glad that there is. Um, so my husband and I live in Lincoln, Illinois, which is really close to where we were born and raised. So I think the first thing is we live within 25 minutes of both of our families. So that is, I would say our first circle is we're very busy with our families often, but that's why we chose to live. And I'm very grateful that we are um, a family that gets to be with both of our extended families. So we have that as one of our pieces. My husband also is a part owner in a veterinary clinic, and we have three clinics that we're a part of. So um, a big role of what I am is just a supporter to my husband and what his passion is uh, as a veterinarian and as a leader for his clinic. So we have that piece. Um, I work part-time in the sorghum industry, and I'm going to share a little bit more about how it became a part-time job in agriculture, but I work part-time in the sorghum industry and support a global company from the comfort of my home office most of the time. Um, I also published a book last year, so I wrote a book uh, based on something that I had done for my children a few years sooner. So the book is called The Christmas Kindness Kids, and it's an Advent book to help spark some creativity and kindness in your families for the 25 days leading up to Christmas. Um, and then I also do a direct sales business called Mary and Martha. And um, that, that company has beautiful gifts and beautiful home decor, but really our mission there is to bring eternal hope and encouragement to every home every day. And so all of those different circles allow me to interact with different people in my community. Say another community piece is my children go to a small private school and we are all in on supporting that school. As I said earlier, I had a fundraiser. We have a fundraiser with them later in the day. We love our teachers. We love the families that attend that school. And we really try to advocate strongly for them. Same with our church. Um, I'm all in at our church and try to help support different com committees there. 
Um, also involved in a local Bible study where I just, it's a group of women that I've met over just the past couple of years, but that's really opened up my eyes to faith and helped me um, support other people walking through harder times in life. So that is a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> you stop and list them out. Um, and it's so neat. The, uh, I think the mission or the statement of the Mary Martha company is living in the end. And it seems like you live in the end um, every day. What is, what does living in the end mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question. So Mary Martha does have that focus of living in the end. And as you might know, from Mary and Martha. It's a story from the Bible about Mary who um, Mary and Martha who entertained Jesus in their home and each of them were serving a different role. So Mary was about sitting at the feet of Jesus and loving on him and Martha was in the kitchen preparing food and serving. And so we talk about that and in that case it was loving and serving. And for most of us we're juggling things. It might be faith and family, it might be career and family, it might be fun and work. Uh, so we all juggle different things. And so that and you know I rattled off all the different ands that we had but Actually, my uncle Rod had made a really cool point a few years ago. I was talking to him about this and piece and the, and the kind of, it feels like an either or when you say the word and, and he really talked about how life is a blend. And so to me, I see that and as a, as a piece that connects all of the parts, but sometimes it's more of one and less of another. And really it's the blend of all of it that makes our life go together. I've thought about that too. I, he, he told me a similar story a couple of years ago about, you know, everybody likes to use the word balance and it's not really, there's really no perfect balance. It's much more about the blend. Um, mm -hmm. And I love that and living in the end there. Um, perfect timing that we're talking right now, just ahead as we get into the holiday season. I'm super excited. We're coming into your second Advent and second Christmas season with your beautiful book that's been published. And it was such a special treat. I got to share that with a lot of our family and friends um, here in Muhammad area. Um, maybe talk a little bit about that journey and what it was like to publish a book. Yeah, thank you. So yes, it is very exciting. We're in our second season. So I've been contacting local shops and working to get things um, online as well. Uh, the, the reason why this book came out was probably five years ago. I had seen something called um, or different ideas of Christmas elves or the elf on the shelf or other activities you could do with your family leading up to Christmas. And while I loved some of the thoughts of that, I really wanted to focus on something that helped others. I mean, at Christmas time, I think our kids get so excited about their gifts and their things that they are always looking out for them. And I really wanted them to help to see that God sent his son to the world to, to love and save others. And we should help show God's love to others too. So I found two cute little figurines that I hid in our house every day with, and I, then I wrote a note of something kind to do. So maybe it was tell the teacher um, that they liked their shirt when they went to school that day, or I would tuck a little note into um, a pair of shoes and say, let's find a couple pairs of, of shoes to donate to our local Goodwill. Or um, we might get some quarters and go tape them on a, a cute little note and put them on a grocery cart at Aldi's. So each day we had a different idea of what to do. And as I shared with my family and friends what we were doing, a lot of people said, we love this. You should publish a book on this. And I'd actually taken pictures and kind of made my own little um, locally printed book. But I was really encouraged to try to publish a book. Well, in my ag life, I've done a lot of work um, digitally um, using, using tools that helped me make publications. I thought, why not try? <laughs> so I did some research and decided to go ahead and create my book. I worked with my sister-in-law, Jessica Rage, who um, does a lot of artwork on the side, and she helped me create the illustrations. And so last year, I had a big focus in the spring to try to get the book published, and we were able to complete it through self-publishing. 
and make it available in October. Um, we have a website, it's the christmaskindnesskids.com where people can order from all over the world and we can ship to you. But I've also been so well supported by our local community and we're in a lot of local shops here in central Illinois. The book is actually also available on amazon.com, Target, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, which was just amazing. I mean, I have a master's degree in crop science. Publishing a children's book was not on my docket. But when you say yes to things, sometimes it, sometimes it pans out. So it's pretty cool that it's happened for us. Living in the end on Barnes and Noble and Amazon <laughs> and in local, local shops. I love that. Yeah, thank you. I, I love the book and it, it's a beautiful find. If um, our listeners want to go out and find it, they should definitely check it out. Um, you've mentioned a few times now your background in crop science and your career in agriculture. And a few years ago, you really made a conscientious decision. You were managing a, a really big territory and traveling a lot um, and trying to do a lot, your best to integrate work and life. But you made a conscientious decision. Maybe kind of talk through that thought process and how it's impacted your family dynamics. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I think this is a place where I count my blessings too. There's definitely days that I look back to that full-time corporate world and miss it. But as I rattled off all of the other ways that we're engaged, because I made the choice to go part-time, I, I think that my plate was able to, it's probably equally full, but it has a lot more partitions into the plate. Um, so I do have a background in agriculture, as do my siblings. We grew up on a farm and I, ag has been a passion for all of us in our family. Um, I worked full-time for Monsanto for 11 years. It's now Bayer Crop Science. In my last role, about the last year before I left Monsanto, I was covering a territory of five states. It was a job I said yes to because I had been in my, private, my previous role for about three years, and it just sort of felt like it was the next step to take. Um, but it was a step that even when I said yes to, it felt too big. But I, I'm someone that um, if someone asks, I usually say yes, and I'm excited to take on the new role. Um, in this case, it was pretty evident pretty quickly in that if I wanted to be the best I could in my job, which is how I usually try to be, I was going to suffer being the best I could be as a wife and mom. There was just no way to accomplish both things in the way that I knew how. And I could do less at work, um, but I think I chose to do less at home because I wanted to succeed at work. And it was pretty quickly evident to me that I couldn't juggle it all. Um, and so my husband and I worked very hard together to figure out what the solution would be. We looked at different roles within the company, but ultimately we decided really the best thing for our family at that moment was for me to completely walk away from full time. It was a huge shock to everyone when I made that decision. Um, but we, we, we looked at our budget, we talked about finances, we talked about time, and we made that decision together. It wasn't just a, I woke up today and today decided to, to leave. We had a plan in place for it. Um, but I know that I surprised a lot of my coworkers when I made that choice. There were a lot of people in the two weeks before I left Monsanto that called me and just a lot of them shared that they wish that they had been able to be so bold to also walk away from their busy times. And I really got into this mantra of talking about providing and being present. And sometimes you really want to be present, but the best thing for your family to do is for you to provide and it feels like a hard sacrifice, but if providing is what your family needs, you work with your family to make that be the best experience possible, but you stick to providing. In our case, our family was suffering and providing was not the best benefit. Me being present is what was going to be the best benefit for us. And so I took away that, that piece of providing for a while and chose to be present. 
Um, but I am someone that goes. And so two weeks later, I showed up at a farm show with handmade little business cards and found a local seed dealer that I could at least help him part time. I also was supporting my mom and her business. So working part time for her and I had my direct sales business. So I had some small ways of providing, but they were not a corporate benefit 401k and things. But we knew at that moment, me being present was most important. Ironically, a year later, um, my husband and I, we were looking at the budget and he said, you've got to figure out something that, that provides more. <laughs> I had been present enough. It was time to provide more. And I was able through a prior connection at Monsanto to find a job that now I, I work part-time. I work most of the time while my kids are in school and I'm able to pick them up and be present after that. But it provides for us in the way we need. It's not over and above, but it is the blend that our family needed. So um, but I, I think that that's a blessing that people need to look for. Sometimes it's hard to get up and put in your 40 hour a week, your 50 hour a week, your 60 hour a week. But if providing for your family is what your family needs, you guys need to find a game plan that supports everyone and helps them to appreciate the time that you are present. And if providing for your family is making too big of a sacrifice and it's for your own ego, your own benefit, because you love it, but really your family needs you to be present, it might be a time to look at uh, what, what it looks like to be more present. Another perfect example of the end, provide and present. I love that. I had never actually heard you break it down exactly like that. So amazing advice. And um, there's so many women and men that are trying to do their best to provide and be present for their family. And probably 2020 is the year where it all came together. And <laughs> most of us working from our homes, um, certainly there's essential workers like Jason, who's out running his vet clinic, but really good thoughts there. Thank you for sharing that. Um, maybe now we'll, our final topic, dig a little bit more into the faith side of your life. How do you find time to get into the word or establish a really strong, which we all know a very strong relationship that you have with God and you're a big witness. You do a great job of sharing scripture and positive phrases almost every single day on social media to keep us all with smiles on our faces. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So um, your listeners may or may not know, but you and I, we both grew up in a very strong faith family. We attended a parochial school, kindergarten through eighth grade. So we had a faith foundation from the very beginning. Um, now our children also go to a parochial school. So that faith foundation continues for them. But I would say um, for, for me, the Mary and Martha piece has really made uh, meaningful messages and the word on perfect, just a part of my everyday life. Um, it, what we sell has God's word written on it. So our house has become a place with God's word all over the place as we've acquired products over time. I love all and, of mine. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's just become, it, it's become a piece of us, but I also have to watch out to not let it just become another thing on the wall. And so you are right, like prioritizing time for Bible studies. I am a big podcast listener. So I would say listening to podcasts where others are breaking down the word or their everyday application of the word is one way that I really enjoy hearing about it. I also, as I said, do a, a weekly a weekly Bible study with women across denominations of faith here in my small town. It's, um, it's amazing the women that come together just to all dig into the same Bible together and our different denominations help us understand each other better and our faiths better. Like we love to ask each other different questions about some of the practices that their church do, does that maybe ours don't. Um, so that's another piece. As I said before, we are faithful attendees of our church. We really enjoy being there. It's a very traditional church, but um, growing up in our faith, our grandparents attended a very traditional church where we sat in the pew with them too. 
And so as I hear those old hymns and I think about my grandparents and their faith, um, it's just very reassuring to me. Like I, I really love the deep history and legacy of faith, but I will also jam out to a lot of the local or local or, or newer um, Christian music artists too. So I would say it just, it's, it's a part of our everyday life. There's certainly ways that we could have stronger habits. I mean, as you listen to podcasts, you think about picturing your family all sitting at the table, reading together at the same time, or the exact Bible routine or prayer routine each night with your kids. It adapts and it flows over time. There's always ways to improve it, but um, I am thankful to have the time to be present in my faith right now. I would also say just, I love to send cards and notes of encouragement to people. I'm a gift. I've been the benefactor of many of those. So thank you. (laughs) And I love to give gifts too. And so I think that's a way that I try to share with others is, you know, drop them notes of encouragement when I see that they need it. As you said, social media, I love to find scriptures and other encouraging words to share with others. Um, But I know, and I heard on a podcast one time, like often we clip out one verse in the Bible because it means a lot to us at that moment. But it is important not to just let the Bible be verses at a time, but to go back into the word, understand the context of it, and really recognize the whole story that God wove through the entire Bible to send his son here to save us. And that is ultimately why we have our hope and encouragement in those scriptures and in his word and in our faith. That's a really good reminder. Um, Christina, our younger sister, so there's three girls in our family and then a brother, Bradley. Christina gave us um, a really great Bible earlier this year, and I've finally taken some time to really dig in beyond the Bible verses you described. I've been loving this. Um, it's the Encouraged Christian Standard Bible, and it's really nice that it breaks out devotions and the meanings behind a lot of the Bible stories, so great, great point there. Well, I know you and I have a busy day ahead and um, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for starting your Saturday morning with me and um, sharing a little bit about how you live in the end in your life and blend and provide and be present. Um, So many amazing uh, bits of information there and knowledge. And um, hopefully we'll come back together again. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about your book, but encouraging everyone. The name, the title of it again is the... Christmas kindness kids. And I appreciate all the ways that you're helping us see our blessings through this podcast. So thank you for your time too, Catherine. Well, when I count my blessings, I definitely count my family and so grateful for you and have a great day. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye.